Saudi Arabia is the world's leader in gay rights. Stop it. Welcome. Welcome. Hey. To, to the <laughs> Naked Apple. <laughs> that was that was beautiful. That was, that was on point, really. Truly. Well, I hope you all had fun because, well, I just hope you had fun. <laughs> I can't say that I had fun over the week that we missed you. Mike. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Keith. Oh, I had a great week. Had a great week. He's got games waiting for him at home that he desperately wants to play. Not desperately, but yes. So on that note, <laughs> just gonna excuse myself. Like, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> All the things. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Shortest episode ever. <laughs> No, we wouldn't do that to you as much as we want to. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We we got uh, we got we got a fun little week, a l- fun little uh, fun little episode. It you know it's probably only the destruction of the United States, but you know pfft. what else? Fun is, fun's an F word. Yes. What else, what else is new? It's most of an F word too. It is at least half. Funk. Funk. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you playing at home, 30 points. With that, it is time for our weekly dose of vitamin B. Welcome to your vitamin B. Oh, thank you. Have we got some news for you today? A hunk of news. A uh, depressing segment to start out with. Uh huh. Sad, sad news. YouTuber Mr. Beast spends millions curing blind people <laughs> when he could have sent another tank to Ukraine instead. How dare he? There are unarmed soldiers oh. in Ukraine. That's so selfish of him. <laughs> so selfish. So, so very. You finish your food. There's unarmed selfish. soldiers in Ukraine. <laughs> but on a brighter note, we have also been privy to a miracle this week. Miracle. As Biden ends the same COVID pandemic for the third time. <laughs> Absolutely not picking an arbitrary date. No. Not at all. In other news, rookie trans woman (laughs) picks the one sport where biological women actually have an advantage. (laughs) Is this the ice skating one? Yes. 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 Yep. We 
mentioned earlier that uh, Mr. Beast selfishly didn't send any more tanks to Ukraine. Um, they are desperately in need of tanks, as the U.S. tanks in Ukraine are already destroyed after being easily recognized by their rainbow camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a very, very somber uh, series of news stories we have for you today. Oh, uh, no. this one, this one's going to really tug on your heartstrings. Is it going to hit close to home? It is. Dang. It is. Billions dead as doomsday clock springs forward for daylight savings time. Yeah, I don't know how I survived that. It might have been the blood on the door. Might have been. Oh, is it that time of year already? Yeah, it is, it is that time of year and month. And, you know, everything else. <laughs> and last but not least, new movement on the reparations front. Ooh. Everyone ordered to pay everyone reparations as every race owned every race at some point. I mean, that's fair. Yes. Stunning new development. Let's just all go to the card section at the store, pick out a card, hand it to each other, call it good. And call it good. This I is, like it. This <laughs> is really the only way to truly guarantee actual equality, said Richard Flyer, chairman of Reparations for Humanity, a global nonprofit group looking to bring in billions of dollars in revenue for its, from its push for reparations. Wait, yes. what? <laughs> yes, this is uh, you mean it's how, all a Ponzi scheme? No, this this is how we do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, and this has been your vitamin B. Wait, hold on, Mike. I think I feel like we need to flesh out that uh, ice skating joke for one second because we didn't explain the context. So apparently with that story, what happened is a man who wants to be a woman specifically, he wanted to be an ice princess, I believe is the words he used from Finland. He, he failed was, miserably. Yeah. He was invited to uh, like be part of this opening ceremony uh-huh. for um, a big ice skating, uh, I, I guess thing. It was in always Europe. a dream for and me. During these opening ceremonies, he got out onto the ice. He fell flat, and then he couldn't get up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the that's the background behind that story, and it's really funny when you look at it. I'd like to <laughs> take this time to thank Finland for uh, taking some of the focus off of the United States on how stupid things are becoming. Just, just a moment there. All right, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's one of the good things that comes from trying to be in, inclusive and stuff is it's really funny when they fail. They come... Str- <laughs> Reality hits them like a brick wall, or Some, in this case, uh, Sometimes a block of when you try to pretend, you just fall flat on your face and yeah, you exactly. can't get back up. <laughs> There's a metaphor in there somewhere, I feel like. Yes, and it just skates right by. In other news, <clears throat> going to go back a little bit, back in time. Wind all the way back to uh, 2020. 
There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me, we can't get fooled again. <laughs> I, went too, I went too far back. Hold Way on, back. let me turn that knob That's, forward a little bit. Oh, oh not that bad. far back? No, not no. that far back. Sorry. My bad. I also misspoke. This was, was October. Feels like 2020, though. October. Feels like two years ago, doesn't it? October of last year, 2022. <laughs> I misspoke, and I turned the knob too far. In my haste to fix going too far back, I went even further back to dub you. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Disney, one of Disney's top five underrated movies, hands down. Joe Biden, back in October, while munching on ice cream that he has no idea went up in price by at least 50% since he took office, told a reporter that our economy is strong as hell. Now, in the biblical sense, saying something is strong as hell isn't really all that strong, generally, if speaking. you really think about it. But in the uh, world that we live in, saying something strong, strong as hell, yes, that's, that's quite strong. I'm guessing he's not taking, talking in the biblical sense since he's the worst, one of the worst Catholics I've ever seen in public office. Also, just a couple days ago, he gave us his word again as a Biden. <laughs> I give you my word as a Biden. <sighs> he said, I've never been more optimistic about America's future than I am today. It was on January 29th, 2023. Also in the past, well, Yeah, also in the past, March of last year, Joe Biden, when uh, the Ukraine uh, conflict, Ukraine-Russia conflict was building up, he, uh, he mentioned that, no, we are not sending tanks and planes and trains. I don't know why we would send a train to Ukraine. That would be really hard to send a train. I to want to. I actually am pretty interested to see. How I know. I want to off. see the guppy, the train lift up off the air. Flies mainly on the plane. out of Spain on a plane from Spain <laughs> on a plane. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. <laughs> uh, he said, "No, that's not happening because that would be World War Three." All right, so we have his word as a Biden that inflate that uh, strong as if economy strong as hell, America's future is uh, extremely optimistic, and uh, World War Three would happen if we send tanks and planes into Ukraine. His word is a Biden. It makes me think that uh, he's saying that everything is going according to according to plan. Ah, maybe. Because the U.S. just sent 31 t Abrams tanks to Ukraine. Now, we've been sending weapons and all that to them before, but they're mainly 
defensive style weapons, things that you couldn't really use to pull off a major offensive against an enemy, mostly just to maintain the ground that you have. That's the status stated purpose. That's that's the statist's purpose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what you did there. I see it. I see what you did there. <clears throat> yeah, because he mentioned, you know, last year that the reason why that would be World War Three is because Ukraine sending offensive weapons to Ukraine would clearly be not good. And so we decided to send offensive weapons to Ukraine. Because that's what Abrams, that's what tanks are in today's battlefield. They are offensive weapons. They are Intended use is to move the battle line in your favor, which means you are gaining ground on the enemy with tanks. They are the modern-day cavalry because uh, sending a horse into modern-day combat doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work anymore. World War One proved that. <coughs> <coughs> and uh, as soon as this announcement came out, they uh, started questions started stirring of well are we going to send planes in too and uh biden's was biden's administration was quick to point out no we are not sending airplanes in oh okay just like we're not sending tanks in <laughs> so are we sending planes into ukraine currently no officially no and uh they're trying to say that the reason why we sent tanks in is because Germany and the UK are sending tanks in. But there's people that are saying... If Germany and Ukraine went and jumped off a cliff, would you also do that? Don't give him ideas. Actually, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they probably would if we're talking about a fiscal cliff. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Oh, we are already skydiving right off of that. <clears throat> we did. We we left the cliff and went higher up and then jumped. But no, that that's really funny because like modern monetary theory came out of Europe. Uh huh. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and the U.S. is clearly following suit, judging by our or not our deficits, our um our debt. If if you uh, there's a couple of indexes you can search that show you. Uh, that rank countries by corruption level. And uh, Ukraine is still at the bottom of that list as far as most corrupt. And before 2022, they were still at the bottom of that list. And when they started keeping track of stuff in Ukraine back in the um, 2010-ish, they were at the bottom of that list. So Ukraine has consistently been one of the most corrupt countries in the world and we are sending them all kinds of stuff with little to no oversight so yeah yeah and we covered the money laundering scheme that was probably ukraine stuff in a previous episode yeah yeah related <clears throat> our uh, strategic oil reserve that biden so graciously emptied out so that we could have quote unquote lower gas prices. Um, yeah, they're not refilling it. Well, it's a good thing. We're not close to war or anything. Yeah. It's a good thing. We didn't just send offensive weapons 
to a place where the main antagonist has already said we're at war with U.S. Well, Russia said that? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I missed that part. That, that's a big deal. So apparently Russia thinks we're at war. Let, let's let's flip them, the tables a little bit. kind of makes sense. Let's flip the tables a little bit. Let's say that Russia sends a bunch of weapon systems to Cuba and Cuba starts lobbing missiles at Florida. Are we going to be mad only at Cuba or are we going to also take action against Russia? Yes. <laughs> Enter Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> it's essentially what that was all about. Hey, we're sending nuclear weapons to Cuba. The hell you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they uh, can't. They can't uh, top off the strategic <coughs> strategic reserves because it's too expensive. But we can send $1.3 trillion to Ukraine and then send them the world's most expensive and advanced tanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, though. Because in order to fix the problem, Biden has already said he's going to veto the bill that the GOP is pushing through the House that would restrict the use of the strategic oil reserve while also opening up production of oil to fill the reserve. So is, it, is he just saying that we're not going to fill it for now or they don't have any plans to refill it? They have plans to refill it, but they can't get anyone to agree to fill it between 67 and $72 a barrel. Didn't uh, Trump try to refill it? Yeah, or and like, it was... Not, uh, not refill it, but like... Top like it off? Top it off by a ridiculous amount. Yeah, back when oil like, prices were like 50 bucks a barrel. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the Democrats rejected it and they're like, we beat Trump. And now they're desperately wanting to get it back, but they are not going to. Yeah. Now that they're too expensive. Now that they were able to use it uh, to help them in the elections by lowering gas prices. So people weren't sticker shocked anymore. <laughs> um, now, now they can't fill it back up. And gas prices have been going up again. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> if you haven't noticed, where are you filling up? because <laughs> i i need to I, get me into some of that action <clears throat> yeah um energy secretary said on monday that the bill would needlessly aim to weaken the strategic Pro petroleum reserves usefulness as a tool to ensure energy security in america if you go and read the bill which is short because it's only allowed to be one or two pages long and only about the subject. <clears throat> so that's the implementation of Kevin McCarthy's um, being the Speaker of the House now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds like good news to me. Um, yeah, the Energy Secretary doesn't like it because it's going to weaken the Petroleum Reserve because the bill says that you can only use it for actual emergencies, not to just lower gas prices. That sounds essentially is what the bill says. And then it also says um, if it if the reserve is to be opened up, the secretary has to provide to Congress a plan 
on how long it is to be opened up and what the plan is to refill it before it can be opened up. Mm. Yeah, because it's meant for times of war. Yeah, like it's that. meant for emergencies. <laughs> and according to Biden, a national emergency is, oh, crap, I'm down in the polls. No, 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 no. He's more optimistic about the future than ever. And our economy is strong as hell, which is why I can't fill up the oil reserves because it's too expensive. But that shouldn't come as a surprise because back in 2020, while on the campaign trail, the last presidential debate, Donald Trump asked him, would you close down the oil industry? Biden responded, I would transition from the oil industry. Yes. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> like he, what? How? He flat out said, yes, I will shut down oil. How would you even do that? Like that, that well, sounds by switching to me, everything to electric, of course. Yes. That sounds to me <clears throat> something that someone would say that is clueless on how energy works. Or they know how it works and they're trying to get like that would take oil. us back to the stone age. If we tried to uh-huh. like transition to wind or solar or whatever. It's all about control. Yeah. Um, like it or not, we're getting rid of your gas stove and your AR and your car. We're getting rid of your means of to cook and prepare food and water for yourself <clears throat> in case the system goes down because of lack of electricity. Natural gas can still pump and you can have reserve tanks for your own house. I was going to say, you, you know you know why they want to get rid of your, uh, your gas stove? Because... They can't remotely turn off a propane tank. Nope. They can remotely turn off your Nest thermostat. Oh, I got me one of those. Gosh dang it. They can't remotely turn off a propane tank. And in most cases, you're allowed to have numerous propane tanks or a giant propane tank (laughs) to fuel your house. And if you have the right generator, you can use said propane to generate electricity for your own house. That thing about uh, banning gas stoves, I remember seeing a headline about that a while ago. Was there a stated reason behind that? Uh, Because it causes asthma in kids. So it's dangerous. The toxins that it releases into the house. You dig into the study and talk to the people who actually conducted the study, you'll find that they wrapped the house in plastic wrap, basically. So it could not breathe at all. Well, that essentially gave everybody inside the the building carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. And then turned around and said, well, this is what's causing asthma. And so let's ban it. And so because every house is wrapped in a, what was it? Plastic wrap? Yes. So tightly that it can't breathe. (laughs) Because that is reflective of our population. That's... That's what happens. Yes. And then they I can think of a few people in the population I'd like to wrap in, in plastic wrap so tightly that they couldn't breathe. Just a few. Just no a comment. Few. <clears throat> After a fair trial, of course. Of course. <laughs> I am a benevolent yeah, give being. Give them due process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or unleash the Twitter mob on them. <laughs> yeah. And then they tried to backtrack on that. Said, "No, we're not trying to ban no one's trying to do that. Okay, then why did New York and Oregon both pass laws that don't allow stoves to be put into new construction? That's that's beside the point. Then why did your 
uh, one of your top energies are, guys, announce that on the news of there's this study that came out that shows that la, 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 la. So we're going to look at that very seriously of, of getting rid of stoves and stuff. Oh. Oh, but you're not trying to do that. Gotcha. What do you think? That's what they do. They can make up anything. Yep. Kind of like the ATF and their rules. <laughs> it's cute that they think they can just make up a rule and we'll abide by it. You're just so adorable. <laughs> by the way, if you have a pistol brace, <clears throat> do not do what the ATF is asking you to do. Because then they will... Because <laughs> if you decide, I'll just send my fingerprints in and a picture of my brace and my ID so that they know that it's there and then they'll work vigorously to get me my tax stamp before the 120 days are up. Um, oh, no, no, they, they did it. Because Monday it was officially put on the federal record. So starting yesterday, Monday, uh, January 30th, you have 120 days to be in compliance and have a tax stamp, which in normal circumstances, you can't get a tax stamp within nine months, which is already against the law for the ATF to take that long. But it's going to be more like a year and a half, two years for you to be compliant in 120 days. <laughs> it adds up. <laughs> At, at the end of the 120 days, you are automatically a felon. Oh, and thank you for all of the identification to let us know that you are indeed a felon. That's some 4G chess right there. That's some, uh, some would call that entrapment in another day and age. <laughs> Back to the oil, though. Um, Saudi Arabia. A little high in oil production, right? They're the good guys, according to the Biden administration. In the Middle East, they're the United, good guys. We can't have oil production in the United States, but we can get it from the good guys, the Saudi Arabia. Yes, and our economy is strong as hell it's, because it's, everyone buys oil and with the American dollar. Specifically because Saudi Arabia is the world's leader in gay rights. <laughs> the capital, basically. They shout it's it from the, the, the rooftops. the capital. They do shout it from the rooftops. And, and from everything between the rooftop and the ground in most instances. That was that was that was re that was really dark. That was um, dark. That was as that was as <laughs> so um, that was as big as Mike's Lizzo jokes. <laughs> so uh, what yeah, doesn't kill you uh, makes your Saudi humor Arabia darker. Is known for throwing gays off of rooftops. That yes, is, that is where that comes from. Yes, it's not funny if you have to explain the joke. <laughs> <laughs> dang it! Dang it! <laughs> Saudi I'm, trying, I'm trying to give context. <laughs> Saudi Arabia has officially decided that they are open to not using the U.S. dollar to trade oil anymore. We are screwed. Oh, this isn't going to end badly for us at all. Yeah, they'll accept the ruple. They'll accept the yuan. They'll accept yen. They're looking at all their options now. It's a good thing. Open. It's a good thing we've got a bunch of gold to back our dollar. Just in oh oh. We don't. Oh, oh, oh. We don't. Oh. 
Oh, ouch! Time. Th- no, this is this is horrifying because something like this could be a domino that falls, and as soon as the United States dollar is no longer, um, like the dominant currency in the world, all those dollars that are used internationally are going to be coming flooding back to the United States. And if you thought that inflation was bad now, am I getting ahead of the story, Trevor? You're also talking about what Joe Biden talks about. You're getting behind and ahead at the same time. All right, well. Carry on. Get me. If you thought inflation was bad now, with Joe Biden spending a bazillion dollars, just wait until no one wants the dollar anymore, and then they... Um, convert the United States dollars into whatever other currency there is, all of a sudden, tons of dollars are going to be flooding back to the United States, like more than what's in the United States. Yeah. So uh, back when uh, back when Biden said our economy is strong as hell, because <clears throat> he was asked about the inflation that was, I say it as if it's not anymore. The inflation was going out of control. Joe Biden said, inflation is worldwide. It's worse off than it is in the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth and sound policy in other countries, not so much ours. It's worldwide inflation. It's consequential as he turns and walks away. So, uh, yeah. The reason why the U.S. is doing all right is basically because, as Keith was nodding to the u.s has been exporting its inflation via the dollars that everyone has to use to buy oil until probably now hopefully not immediately but the writing is kind of on the wall yeah so as of today this is according to monk monkney mun money i like monk knee better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dot com oh monk knee <laughs> yeah that's where the article comes from is monk knee monk knee dot com uh today more than 60 percent of all foreign currency reserves in the world are in the u.s dollar but there are big changes on the horizon some of the biggest ec- economies on earth have been making agreements with each other to move away from using u.s dollar and in international trade and this shift is going to have massive implications for the u.s economy oh no it, it uh, no that that is an oh no that that is more than a no no uh-huh. like it's time to panic people. China has the second largest economy on the face of the earth, and the size of the Chinese economy is projected to pass the size of the U.S. economy by 2016. Um, did it in 2016? I, I thought it didn't. I don't. Oh, know. and projected to be th- oh become three times larger than the U.S. economy by the year 2040. That's a large economy. Um, China is sitting there and wondering why the U.S. dollar should continue to be so preeminent if the Chinese economy is about to become the number one economy on the planet. That's a fair argument. That, yeah. China and other emerging powers, such as Russia, have been quietly making agreements to move away from the U.S. dollar in international trade over the past few years, and as such, the supremacy of the U.S. dollar is not nearly as solid as most Americans believe it to be. U.S. economy continues to fade. It is going to be really hard to argue that U.S. dollars should continue to function as the primary reserve currency of the world. Things are rapidly changing, and most Americans have no idea where these trends are taking us. That's what happens. You got, They make a really good point as to why they shouldn't use the U.S. dollar anymore, and that's what happens when you spend U.S. dollars that don't exist. Yeah. Yeah, so China and Japan have already agreed to use their own currencies with each other instead of uh, using U.S. dollar to trade with each other. 
So there's that. Um, the uh, BRICS countries, B-R-I-C-S, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Those are, are like all the largest com- countries in the world by population, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not precisely, but they're, they're up there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> a new agreement will promote the use of their own national currencies when trading with each other rather than the U.S. dollar. Are they going to make up a currency, or is there an existing one that they want to use? Just their, uh, their own nation's cu- okay. currencies. And then China and Russia are agreeing to use their own currencies to trade with each other. Um, Africa, throughout Africa, they're accepting more and more Chinese currency. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the UAE, United <coughs> Arab Emirates, is agreeing with uh, China to use their own currencies. India is going to use gold to buy oil from Iran. Good thing we didn't give them nuclear capability. Oh, wait. Saudi Arabia is likely to abandon the use of petrodollar. Hey, we just talked about that in dealings with China. Uh, the UN continues to push for a new world reserve currency. Defund the UN. The IMF. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, I feel like I should know what the petrodollar is. Trevor, do you know what that is? Yes. Mike? So the petrodollar is what we moved to when we stopped backing our money with gold. Essentially, it's a fiat currency that's based on the trade of U.S. dollars for oil. That's pretty much it. So, so like... We, we talk about uh, currency being backed by gold, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there was the gold standard way back when. When we shifted away from the gold standard, we introduced uh, uh, the IRS and, and uh, the, Fed, the Fed and all those different things. Yeah. Instead of backing our money with gold, we shifted to essentially not really having any backing at all. Yes just having a deal in place in which our currency was used as the world's reserve for one, and then used as the primary form of trade for oil for another. We basically made So it. we made our own currency and it's backed by oil. Is it's backed it by Saudi oil. It's backed by Saudi oil. Gotcha. So, so it's, it's backed by oil trade. That's it. So, so the fact that Saudi Arabia is moving away from the U.S. dollar and the places like the World Economic Forum and uh, whatever, the IMF, whatever the crap that other one is, the uh, other world... Yeah, IMF, whatever. International yeah, IMF. Monetary Fund. Yeah, yeah. The fact that the the WEF and the IMF are pushing for a move away from the U.S. dollar being the reserve, that essentially means our currency will have zero value. It won't. It won't just have a extreme inflation. Our currency will cease to exist as a feasible, actual, usable currency because it is nothing but paper. Paper backed by nothing. Yes. Well, that every that, every currency is backed by the confidence that we put into it. But yeah, like that. Could yes, but every turn into nothing. every country has a backing for their currency in some form or another, either in some form of international trade or some form like like this. Uh, so, uh, a lot of these these things are pointing out 
that the the way that these countries are moving away from using the United States as the reserve and things like that is they're making agreements with other countries to trade their own currencies in between each other. And so that is increasing the backing of their own currency through trade. Yeah. And it's decreasing the value of the US dollar through trade because it's it's taking away what backing the US dollar has. I, I still don't understand what you mean. It's back to buy trade. What does that mean? It's it it's so up until recently, if after World War II, the US basically owned the world. Yes. <laughs> we we won, we took all the gold, and we said Hey, if you want to do business with the U.S., that clearly we can produce anything and everything whenever we want. You're going to have to deal with us, and our money is backed by gold. Everyone said that's yeah, that fair was enough. Yeah, post World War II, and then we yes. got off the gold standard and, in the 1970s. Yes, and that's when we made a deal with the Saudis because there was the oil crisis and all this stuff. So we made a deal with the Saudis. It wasn't like an official uh, uh, treaty or anything like that. It was mostly like a handshake, and. A okay. wink and a nod or whatever. Okay. Um, saying, basically, we'll help protect you from all these countries around you if you agree to only accept our money from other countries to trade oil. And that's where the petrodollar comes Yes, from. where the petrodollar and, comes and from. And so it's that trade that gives the U.S. currency currently I see, so it's some kind of exclusive exclusivity for using yeah, right. so if, currency if Germany, trade. If Germany yes. wants to buy oil from Saudi Arabia, they first have to buy money from us. Yes, there, right. there, are, there are essentially two things that drive... And so that increases the demand for the U.S. Right. dollar, yes. and therefore it devalues other currencies while increasing well, the value ours, of the yes. U.S. dollar. Yeah, there's, okay. there's two things that determine value for something. Uh, the first thing that determines value is usefulness. The second thing that determines value is rarity. So if you decrease either value of those, you decrease the value of the currency. So in this instance, we have drastically increased the amount of currency that is available in the world of U.S. dollars, thus decreasing U.S. dollar rarity, decreasing the value. That's what inflation is. Now what's happening is they are decreasing the value, the actual hard value of the U.S. currency by taking away what it's actually good for, like what it, what it actually does, which is trade oil with Saudi Arabia. Now that they're taking away the actual value of it, it's going to tank even harder and we're going to have even worse inflation. Yeah. Because people won't want to have our dollar anymore, <laughs> they're going to try to sell it back as soon as they can mm -hmm. to get the most out of there. And and as that happens, it'll get even worse in America because the the uh, currency <laughs> from across the world that's been being used for for decades for uh, trading oil and and all these international interactions, the three trillion is going dollars to get sold back <laughs> to America. It's going to return to America. All of and those then U.S. dollars. That America is going to have an even bigger excess of U.S. dollars of U.S. dollars that it can't use. It's and has no value. It's reverse run on the bank. Yes. Trevor, are there any um, positive aspects of inflation? <laughs> uh, Someone it, tell me some good news. When it happens naturally, yes. When it happens in the form of, in 2008, we sent over $3 trillion to foreign countries to bail them out of their economic crises while also bailing ourselves out of an economic crisis. 
And all of that $3 trillion plus however many other trillion dollars for, since 2008 <laughs> are going to come flooding back if the Saudis actually follow through with this. <gasps> no, there's no good news. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac on a global scale. Do you, do you have that clip I sent you, Trevor? Oh, oh, yes, yes. That. <laughs> that. I guess there is a silver lining. A silver. You All know, right. I just found one of those like the the word jumbles that says the first three words you describe you see describe your 2023. And I got to say, I was I was doing good for the first two words, but when my last thing that I found said you're fucked, I was kind of sad. <laughs> I was kind <laughs> of sad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is our best attempt at arguing that inflation is a good thing. Let's see Inflation if it convinces anyone. is our friend. <laughs> For example, consider this. In the year 2000, if current trends continue, the average blue-collar annual wage in this country will be $568,000. Think what this inflated world of the future will mean. Most Americans will be millionaires. Everyone will feel like a big shot. Wouldn't you like to own a $4,000 suit? It's like it was made in the I 70s or something. $75 cigar. Drive a $600,000 car. I know I would. I know I would. But what about people on fixed incomes? They have always been the true victims of inflation. That's why I will present to Congress the Inflation Maintenance Program, whereby the U.S. Treasury will make up any inflation caused losses through direct tax rebates to the public in cash. Now, you may say, won't that cost a lot of money? Won't that increase the deficit? Sure it will. But so what? We'll just print more money. We have the papers, we have the mints. I can just call up the Bureau of Engraving and say, Hi, this is Gemma. Roll off some of them 20s. Print up a couple of thousand sheets of those century notes. Sure, the glut of dollars will cause even more inflation, but who cares? Everybody will be a millionaire. Everybody will be a millionaire. So Jimmy. did that convince anyone that inflation is a good thing? Unfortunately. So that probably clip, did. I think that was from <laughs> SNL in 1978. Right. <clears throat> Jimmy Carter, who this current president has been compared to on multiple occasions. Uh, that's insulting to Jimmy Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just wait. And that's saying something. No, if, that, if seriously, if other countries move away from the U.S. dollar, we are so screwed when it comes to inflation. Yeah. And recessions and, you know, paying for the basic necessities of life. Yeah. And that's part of why a couple of weeks ago when we shared the uh, various states trying to have their own gold-backed yeah. thing, kind of important. But no, like... what? But, what go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, um, it, I, I think it's really difficult to predict exactly when um, recessions are going to happen. Mm -hmm. But once again, we look at the national debt and that according to Milton Friedman, uh, inflation comes from government spending. And I would also add when dollars come flooding back to the United States, I'd say that's also another source of inflation. It's, it's also something that hasn't really happened before. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's <laughs> unprecedented. But my, by golly, that would cause a lot of inflation. Um, but yeah, in 2008, the national debt was 10 or trillion dollars in uh, 2017 it grew to 
20 trillion and now in 2022 it's 31 trillion so um we're we're kind of going a little nuts on the uh on the government spending there just a little bit and it doesn't help that every time interest rates go up so yeah obama alone he doubled the <laughs> national debt during his presidency yeah it went from 10 to 20 trillion yeah and part of that was dropping off pallets of cash to Iran in the middle of the night. That cash is going to come flooding back if it hasn't already. Yeah. Yeah. And part of part of why it was such a big deal when Donald Trump got the U.S. to be energy independent, it meant that we weren't reliant on the Saudis for our dollar to have value. Because if the Saudis, for the most part, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia doesn't really care what the price of oil is because he just makes money off of it and he can pay his workers piss poor whatever. Yeah. But there's still a limit. And then Russia also, <clears throat> before this Ukraine thing, people wanted to trade with Russia for Russian oil because Russia could make oil fairly cheap. Uh, compared to Saudi Arabia. But when Donald Trump made the U.S. energy independent, oil prices got so low that Russia was financially broken because of it. Saudi Arabia was financially broken because of it. Because of the oil prices being low? Because of the oil prices being so low. Yeah. Because the U.S. opened up its spigots and people were saying, why do I need to go to Saudi Arabia to buy oil when I'm already going to the U.S. to buy cash and I can just buy U.S. oil from the U.S.? Mm. Therefore, thereby making our dollar man. more yeah. valuable because we're not sending more dollars out unnaturally. It's almost like they had to get rid of him. <laughs> who, who do I mean by They? people like Bill Gates and others who frequently World Economic Forum. Because uh, Bill Gates said something. Uh, what's Bill Gates been up to? He, uh, he was in Australia. Any chance he's been working on a new Windows platform? No, he, no? He's, he's, he's been done with Windows for a long time. He got all his, I know, but he got all his money that he wanted to steal from, uh, uh, was it Xerox? something like that that originally <clears throat> created what he stole dang it <laughs> he got got all he wanted and moved on to be a philanthropist billionaire that tries to tell you what you can and cannot eat while buying up all the farmland so that he can control what you can and cannot eat anyway he was in australia i'm talking about uh covid and vaccines and stuff and uh, in this interview, he said, we also need to fix three problems of mRNA vaccines. The current vaccines are not infection blocking. They're not broad. So when new variants come up, you lose protection and they have very short duration, particularly in the people who matter, which are old people. That, that's. All right. Hold on. I'm trying to understand. Where, where does it say exactly what he said? J just repeat that for me, would you? It's below the picture of his uh, giant airplane that he flew while telling people uh -huh. to reduce their carbon footprint. All right, I'll repeat it. We also need to fix three problems of the mRNA vaccines. The current vaccines are not infection blocking. 
They're not broad, so when new variants come up, you lose protections, and they have very short duration, particularly for old people. So, in other words, they're not effective. Yeah, it, the TLDR of that short little bit in the whole interview is uh, the vaccines aren't working. Why does that matter? Coincidentally, later that same day, um, Boston Medical released a study that almost exactly reflects the VAERS reports. It says that COVID vaccine fatalities could be as high as 278,000 with up to 1 million severe adverse events experienced in 2021. Just... That, that's uh, that's by using... that. That's assuming that this was a random sample. I'm looking at their crate criteria here uh-huh a total of 202,840 participants completed a survey between december 18th and 23rd to yeah. 2020 uh, according to the tweet here um it's a the methods for this study um it's based off of a 2,840 participants that completed an online survey yes so if we assume that that sample was um random and then we multiply it to the broad population then those numbers would make sense that's yes okay and uh people are trying to critique it because it's an online survey which is a fair yeah that's a fair criticism because again the problem with these is like if the type of people that would complete an online survey are the type of people that would report Uh problems with the vaccine then it then it would be a skewed study for sure but uh, but when it mirrors the official, you're going to jail if you lie, VAERS report. <laughs> oh, it's reflective of that. Yes. Wow, that's convincing. So, so on the surface, yes. Survey, not the best way to do a study, quote unquote. But when it's from Boston Medical and uh, it almost exactly lines up with... <clears throat> the VAERS reports. Mm. And like I said, coincidentally, it was released the same day that uh, um, Bill Gates told people. It's right from the horse's mouth. <clears throat> coincidentally. Also, coincidentally, if an attractive person that seems way out of your league wants to talk to you and get you all buzzed up and... Uh, <clears throat> talk to you about things that you probably shouldn't talk to people outside of the organization you work for. You're probably uh, been catfished by Project Veritas. <laughs> Especially if you meet them on Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the real world? <laughs> I'm calling the police to do it. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, you should go see it. Um, link to their website and the video is on on our description and stuff. But Project Veritas was able to find the right guy in Pfizer who was just the right amount of gay for one of their own employees, whether their employee is gay or not, (laughs) to get this guy onto multiple dates where he got drunk enough to tell them, everything that Pfizer is doing, which is uh, gain-of-function research 
on the COVID vaccine. Yeah. He said all this stuff on a date, on, an, on some kind of an undercover date? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. the Pfizer the third date. or whatever. It was the third date. <clears throat> Thought he was going on a date. the third date is when you put out. That's... Well, I am pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to brag. Why did he? <laughs> <laughs> you okay? What did he? <laughs> you usually he, uh, put out. Is that your standard pickup line? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another. <laughs> They might be trying to screw you. Gosh dang it, you guys are making me laugh at dirty jokes again. Do it. (laughs) Um, So what did he put out there, Mike? (laughs) So some of the things he said, um, this is Jordan Tristan Walker, Pfizer Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, mRNA Scientific Planner. He needs a shorter job title because there's no way that fits on a business card. Wow. Some of what he said <laughs> is one of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate it, the COVID va- virus? Mutate it ourselves so we could create preemptively developed new vaccines, right? <laughs> so we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there is a risk of like, as you can imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating effing viruses. I'm still processing that first lap t- laugh. Did I say a dirty joke without realizing it, Trevor? Yeah. Yeah. I, saw, I feel like I saw this in a movie once. I feel like I saw it in real life already. Don't <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Promise you won't tell anyone. The way it would work is that we put the virus in monkeys and we successfully cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from them. You have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere, which I suspect is the way that the virus started in Wuhan, to be honest. (laughs) It makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. It's bullshit. And so he's saying that we got to do it, even though that's what happened. With uh-huh. From what I've heard is they, the Pfizer scientists are optimizing it, but they're going slow because everyone is very cautious. Obviously they don't want to accelerate it too much. I think they are also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you are figuring out future mutations. Uh, this reminds me of uh, Jurassic park. Um, yeah. So I am going to uh, paraphrase a quote from uh, Jurassic Park, but um, doing gain-of-function research or mutating a virus on your own is the worst idea in the long and sad history of bad ideas. Uh huh. They spent so much time wondering if they could do it that they never stopped to ask themselves if they should. Yes, do another it. good Jurassic Park <laughs> quote. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Because mm-hmm. life. Uh, Finds a way into everyone else's <laughs> bodies, apparently. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> yep. That's that'll some good work. radio right there. That'll work right there. So uh, he points out... So, so that... This guy even knows you're not supposed to do gain-of-function research with viruses. 
regularly, regularly not. We can do these selected structure mutations to make them more potent. There is research go ongoing about that. I don't know that it's going to work. There better not be any more outbreaks, he said. Well, they had good intentions, you guys. Yes. The highway to hell is paved with good intentions. Part... Uh, part of what they want to do is to some extent to try to figure out, you know, how there are all these new strains and variants that just pop up. So it's like trying to catch them before they pop up. We can develop vaccine prophylactically like for new variants. So that's why they like do it controlled in a, I don't understand why people talk like that. Holy crap. He's educated. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 <clears throat> indoctrinated where, is the new educated where they say this is a new epitope and so if it comes out later on in the public we already have a vaccine working the journalist wow that's uh that's perfect isn't that the best business model though just control nature before nature even happens itself <laughs> walker yeah, said if it works yeah what do you mean if it works well, because some of the times there are mutations that pop up that we're not prepared for like Delta and Omicron. Yeah, who knows? Either way, it's going to be a cash cow. Yeah. And we've come yeah. up with a new variant. It's the Delta Plus Rewards Program variant. <laughs> <laughs> if you subscribe three times, you get bonus points. Here's your punch card. <laughs> that was a joke from South Park that I used there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's great. It's And it's fitting that Bill Gates would be tied to this in some way with how we're covering this because I am 100% convinced as a child, I remember all the time going to the computer stores, Best Buy, whatever, Circuit City, <laughs> um, and seeing all the antivirus things that you could get. Because there was this new virus scare going around. Oh, yeah. That was really big in the early 2000s. And I remember thinking, there's no way that there's not somebody making this virus that spreads to all these computers doesn't just turn around and say, here's the antivirus. <laughs> Pretty sure that's literally how <laughs> McAfee and Norton work. Right. <laughs> So now here it is in the uh, biological world right before your eyes. <laughs> Not a bad business model. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, th we're not doing gain-of-function research. We're just advancing the function of things in nature. Uh, uh, sounds exactly like the definition of gain-of-function is increasing its function in the yeah it's okay though after after he was uh outed and pfizer released a statement what did they release oh a statement okay yeah that's good yeah allegations have recently been made related to gain of function and directed evolution research that's what they call it directed evolution research at the pfizer and the, at pfizer and the company would like to set the record straight Blah blah blah. We don't com we don't do gain of function research. Um, so this was in res this is Pfizer's statement in response to the guy on the date. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, they do say though. Ah. So 
they they spend a good chunk of time talking about how they don't do gain of function re- research because that's it's not what we do. But the part that they're not highlighting in their statement is uh, in a limited number of cases when a full virus does not contain any known gain-of-function mutations, such virus may be engineered to enable the assessment of an antiviral activity in cells. So in other words, they're doing gain-of-function research. Yes. So in their rebuttal to say they're not doing gain-of-function research, they admitted that they're doing gain-of-function research. I solemnly swear that we are up to no good. Well, that is not comforting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So it's all on the up and up there. Also, um, Mike and I talked about this before because we tried to follow a timeline of things on how this all happened. And we found that in the Obama administration they stopped doing gain-of-function research. Oh, like, good good for Obama. In like 2014 or something like Thanks, that. Thanks, Obama. And the next thing that we saw was at some point in Donald Trump's administration, gain-of-function research was allowed again. And that's the most we could find. The Washington Examiner has a little bit more time and money and stuff than we do. And uh, actually, sorry, it's, it's from Substack independent journalist so still someone with more time and money than we have (laughs) Mm. um a journalist did some digging and they found that just a few days before um donald trump took office obama reversed the ban on gain of function research just a few days Uh uh-huh That's his gift to the world. His Janu- gift. January 9th, 2017 is when that was reversed. It's just two weeks, week and a half before uh, Trump. So took while office. he was doing those uh, last minute pardons, he slipped that in there. Yeah, he slipped that in there around the same time that he was telling uh, the FBI director to let him know when something comes up. In regards to investigating Donald Trump in Russia. Oh, is that regarding uh, spying on Trump? Uh That thing? uh Okay. uh uh I remember that that story. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's that little point of clarification. Over in the UK, Scotland, primarily, because they're like the only ones that are actually kind of reporting this stuff. And so the UK just takes it and says it's the UK, but it's Scotland is experiencing a September 11th level attack every single week in excess deaths. Is this like just starting? Uh, no, it started, uh, last year. It was going up last year. And, um, right after Christmas is the first time it went over 3000 excess deaths a week my gosh and it is still going up i think it actually just went over four thousand that's uh, really terrifying last i saw but it's completely normal to just have a sudden spike in deaths 
Well, during COVID, the hospitals were closed, so people couldn't get the care and the pre pre stuff to make sure they didn't have things. Mm. Mm. So because they couldn't get their hearts checked, um, 20-year-olds are dying. Gotcha. Suddenly. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Because, <clears throat> you know, that's part of your regular checkups as you're getting older. Once you get 20 years old, you need to go start getting your heart checked regularly. And, oh. That's wait. not, no, that's that's not, not a 20-year-old thing. Oh. It's completely that's, normal, though, for high schools to be taking their athletes to have their hearts checked before they clear them for um, playing football and other. And that's something oh, that the media won't cover. Is that the elephant in the room died suddenly. Yeah. Well, it would have been much worse if they didn't get their fourth jab. <laughs> the FDA. Uh, they're doing a study on heart inflammation following the COVID vaccination. Um, one one little itty-bitty tiny detail, though, is they changed the dates in their study. Just little. What was the... What, what was the original timeline? Oh, they changed the end date for a key study on post-vaccination heart inflammation without notifying the public. Pfizer was supposed to complete a study on the occurrence of subclinical myocarditis or heart inflammation after receipt of its COVID-19 vaccine. They didn't do that? <gasps> oh, wait, yes, they admitted that they didn't. The completion date was listed by the FDA in 2021 as June 20th, 2022. So last year. So it should be done. Should be done. Okay. Pfizer was also supposed to submit the results of the study to the FDA by the end of 2022. So those results should be published by now. As part of a list of requirements, the FDA imposed as a condition of approving Pfizer's jab. But after the deadline passed, the FDA changed the date. Under a list of postmarking requirements for the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, the FDA now says that same study has an original projected completion date of June 30th, 2023. So now the study will be completed by June and presumably... They will say that it would be released by the end of 2023, so another year from now, but they can quietly change dates all they want. Yes. What's interesting, though, is... So it was posted before to be done by the end of 20, uh, by June 2022, and they changed the date, and it says original projected completion date is 2023. Oh, they're they're saying that it always was 2023. Yes. Mm. Yes. And that brings into question whether the study is actually going to be for the course of two years or if it's just going to be the course of one year spread out across two years. We conducted the study over the course of two years. We only have a year's worth of data. But we did the study over the course of two years. And look, it's not as bad as everyone's saying. In fact, it's half as bad as people are saying. 
because we only have half of the data. <laughs> well, I just can't wait for the study to be released. It'll it'll be fun. It'll be fun. If F, it ever is released. F is for fun. Sure it is. <laughs> What's the U for? Euphemisms. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was spelled with an E. Ah, but it sounds like it's not. P is in pneumonia. Uh, Pfizer again was on a call with the FDA that call was recorded video call but all we need is the audio Pfizer exec was asked a question by the FDA, and this was his response. How should we think of micrograms in terms of the amount of spike protein that's produced by the cells? Can you kind of clarify that? So Pfizer exec was asked, so you get injected with this vaccine. How does the spike protein work in the human body? How, what, what I still haven't figured that out. This will make you feel better. Obviously, we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of producing immune response. Obviously, we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine that works in terms FDA? of producing immune response. That's Pfizer. That's Pfizer that doesn't have an idea of exactly how the vaccine works? It's okay, though. They're working on a study to see how your heart is affected. And it's already in everybody, like, worldwide. 85% of Americans have at least one jab, yes. Oh, my gosh. They don't. They had, according to the EU, when Pfizer was talking to them, we had to work at the speed of science to get this on the market. We didn't have time to do all these studies. Um, so my <laughs> understanding of how... So I watched a bunch of YouTube videos um, on how the mRNA vaccine works. And apparently the way that it, they say that it works is they insert mRNA into your... Uh, cells and that gives your cell instructions to create uh, a certain protein that is basically resistant to the virus or something like that um, uh-huh. simulating what uh, what's it called um, antibodies is that the right word yes yeah uh, simulating or like creating antibodies um, directly from the cell which simulates uh, natural immunity even though it's not the same thing but the thing I didn't understand is I'm like, okay, so you send mRNA to your cells. So that freaking means that you are uh, like changing our DNA from these uh, vaccines. But then that was a common question. And they said, no, 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 no. It doesn't enter your nucleus, but it sends instructions to your cell anyway. It I don't understand in- how that works. So they said initially... It stays in your arm. It doesn't alter your DNA. It doesn't do anything like that. The guy that invented the technology came out right away, said, no, that's not how it works. And he tried to explain how it works. His explanation of that was pulled down from every single social media site in the world. And it was censored. Yikes. The guy that invented the technology was censored. by the world and now Fauci and others have admitted it does not stay in your arm and it does alter your DNA 
So it's not safe, it's not effective, and we also don't know exactly how it works. We don't know how it works. And According it's changing, to Pfizer. It's changing people's bodies, and yes, it ends up in your reproductive system. Yes, it ends up in your heart. Yes, it finds its way to your brain. Yes, it finds your way to other critical systems of your well, body. Well, that's just terrifying. And yes, it goes into the mother's breast milk, so it's wonderful that babies can now be vaccinated via their mothers. Isn't All right, I've heard enough. Did the force off right. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know how. Don't know. It's the damnedest thing. But hey, make sure you take it or something. Or something. Or something. Aren't the statistics for the boosters pretty low? Like, aren't most Americans not boosted? Yeah, it uh, wanes significantly after. No, I'm saying like most Americans don't never got the booster to begin with or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember offhand, but I just know that the further down the booster line you get, the lower the, the vaccination rates. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The reverse hockey stick happens on that one. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll end it. I didn't know if we would have time for this, but it looks like we will. A hot mic. Oh no! Yes. Am I in hell? Ah, uh, it's okay. Keith will probably get just as infuriated, if not more. <laughs> so you'll be in good company. <laughs> A slightly warm Keith. A slightly warm Keith. <laughs> I feel tempered. <laughs> His cup boileth over. His cup boileth over. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. I need so excited. Right yay. Thing. Yay. I think it's this one. Yes. Yes, it is. Stop. Stop. All right. This is at the World Economic Forum. Some great new thing that they want to share with everyone. Oh, F the hell out of that. You had me at World Economic Forum. I'm already furious. Have you seen this, Mike? No, but I just saw the headline as you pulled it up. First off, a video. Uh, it's going to make you see the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves. It's wonderful, to fight Mike. Crime oh, wait, 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 wait. I forgot. No! Yes. You dance, irritate, yes, I forgot. It's a hot mic. So naturally. You know what I hate about being right? Is when I'm right six months before other people will admit that I'm right. Uh, All right, I'm done. What a stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sorry. To our wonderful future. Find love. Let's roll. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song. Sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing in the temporal regions of your brain. You mentally move the cursor to the left and scroll through your brain data over the past few hours. You can see your stress levels rising as the deadline to finish your memo approached 
causing a peak in your beta brainwave activity. There's no right keyboard and mouse on an alert her popped computer up, desk. Telling you to take a brain break. Your mind starts okay, to wander to the new colleague on your team, whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about, given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shifts your attention back to the present. You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day congratulates you on your brain metrics from the past quarter, which have earned you another performance bonus. When you they even call day, out what bullshit will happen with has it. Fallen over the office. It's the future, Along Mike. It's emails, wonderful. Text messages and GPS location data. The government has subpoenaed employees' brainwave data from the past year. They have compelling evidence Keith, that you one look of your co-workers afraid. has committed massive <laughs> is, wire fraud. This is wonderful, Keith. Now, they're looking for his co-conspirators. You discover they are looking for synchronized brain activity between your co-worker and the people he has been working with. While you know you're innocent of any crime, you've been secretly working with him on a new startup venture. Shaking, you remove your earbuds. This has to be fake. Is it a future you're ready for? You may be surprised to learn that it's a future that has already arrived. Everything in that video that you just saw is based on technology that is already here today. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways that we never before thought possible. After all, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data. Data that in large patterns can be decoded using artificial intelligence. We're not talking about implanted devices of the future. I'm talking about wearable devices that are like Fitbits for your brain. The newest way to monitor attention is through a device like this one. These are ear pods that are launching later this year. These ear pods, much like the video you watched earlier, are ear pods that can pick up brainwave activity and tell whether or not a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering. Okay, well you might think, fine, but even if we can tell whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, you can't tell what they're paying attention to. You would be wrong. It turns out that you can not only tell whether, whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, but you can discriminate between the kinds of things that they're paying attention to. Whether they're doing something like central tasks, like programming, peripheral tasks, like writing documentation, or unrelated tasks, like surfing social media or online browsing. When you combine brainwave activity it's together wonderful. with other forms of software wonderful. and surveillance technology, the power becomes quite precise. So what do we do with this? What do we do with technology All our advancements that in technology and she's still using PowerPoint. For <laughs> do we embrace it? Do we Not even mentally. It? She's got a clicker. I yep. believe that there is a pathway forward with such this technology. This technology exists. We might Click. soon even use the technology to help people wake back up. This is a haptic scarf that MIT Media Lab has developed, which uses brainwave technology in a responsive way to give a person a little buzz, literally, when their mind starts to wander to help them refocus and hone their attention. I'm giving you the positive use cases because what I don't want the reaction to be is let's ban this. 
Let's ban this. <laughs> I am on board for that because that stuff is bullshit. That cartoon had to be satire. No. Like, was that really what that, was presented that was at the, the World, World Economic, Economic Forum. Forum? Yes. About how you like get nervous, like because of this like uh, mandatory uh, brainwave activity monitor program thing that they caught somebody wiring uh, money or something, committing some kind of fr- crime. And then you get nervous because you're like, oh my gosh, I was planning a, you know, um, start up a with moonlighting them. Yeah. thing with that colleague. And so they're going to match my brainwaves to that person. You know, like that was not flattering. That is not the wonderful future that that did not sound like a wonderful future. What do you think, Mike? Hell no. <laughs> it's going to be a hell now for me, dog. Nah. Nah. I, t- I don't want people to say immediately say I want this to be banned. <laughs> How to say you are the villain in the movie without saying you're the villain in a movie. No, seriously though. I, I and she's she it, it, Okay. She starts out with a a cartoon skit that highlights everything that is bad and evil about this technology and the ways that it will be, not might be, the ways that it will be she does abused. It, she does it with a smile, though, so it must be good. You know, and then and then she proceeds to, to do a sugar-coated little presentation of, of a few things, at which point she says that she's only highlighting the positive aspects specifically because she doesn't want it to be banned. First off, a video. Stop uh, playing be- it again. I don't want that. Why Why on earth would her knee-jerk reaction be to only highlight the positives and to say something like that unless the <laughs> negatives are so absolutely atrocious that it deserves to be banned? Because whenever you did something horribly wrong that you, that was centered around something your parents well, told you you should not do, the first thing you do is tell them exactly the wrong thing you did, right? Yes, of course. Yes. Well, no. And, and, and <laughs> so this is, this is the thing that always cracks me up when they talk about things using AI to determine stuff. There's a very drastic and fundamental issue with that, especially when it's in... Uh, in the realm of interpreting and judging human interaction. And that's the fact that artificial intelligence, AI, is at its core artificial. Uh-huh. And we don't know it's, how it works, by it's the way. Not, it's not real. It's artificial intelligence, which means that at some level, it is programmed, which means it will inherently always have built into its coding biases and things that come from the coders that make it inherently it, yeah. it will always have that so, i think i think why i think part of what explains why it's ai almost every time is a bad idea if not every time 
is because well, I mean, let me count the ways: Terminator, Minority <laughs> Report, Minority Report. <laughs> I've, watched, I've watched Minority Report enough times to know that's not a good idea. This is very Minority Report esque. Uh-huh. Like that is that is the dystopian future. That's how we get there. So so, for the most part, conservatives when they're trying to sell you on ideas, they use the past to sell the idea, right? Yes. Progressives, when they're trying to sell you on, the, on an idea, they try to sell you on the future of the idea, right? Generally. Okay. Because if we implement this, the future will be perfect, according to the progressive. Whereas the conservative will say, if we do what's worked before, our future will be good. It's a little different there. Just a little well, different. Most of the people doing the programming for AI look at the perfect future and create an AI for that perfect future. The perfect future never works because humanity. <coughs> humanity, good and bad, make perfection impossible. So AI artificially decides that's not compliant with the perfect future. Therefore, it has to be gotten rid of. Hence, the brainwave thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing I don't understand is, again, like Mike was saying, is her first reaction when showing you this is to highlight the positives. And it's like, listen, I know that your first reaction is to ban this. Well, did you notice the first reaction of, that's elites, the WEF elites that are all basically all in agreement with everything going on there. Did you notice their reaction? When the yeah, video? they were like, they, they were stoked about it. Is everyone ready for this? Uh... <laughs> oh. oh, after, <laughs> after the cartoon. After the cartoon, all of them were like, yeah, no. Yeah, it was a very mixed crowd. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of, uh, of Megamind. You know, they keep doing these jokes where it's like, oh, yes, I'm evil and I want to be evil mm -hmm. or whatever. And so when you tell a person like that it's like this is a very bad idea they're like well i thank you that's what i was going for <laughs> was <laughs> right to be bad right <laughs> and, then, and then i also look at this this kind of stuff because it's a mixed bag because some of the stuff that can be accomplished with ai is incredible like elon musk is looking at stuff where um some sort of implant in your brain can make it so the blind can see and stuff like that. It would bypass the broken receptors in the brain to help blind people see, to help deaf people hear and things like that, which is an amazing thing. Help deaf people talk, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, um, it's a really cool thing, but, um, so this is what got my mind thinking of that hearing, Elon Musk's plan of all that is a, well, Jesus made the blind to see. And the, the, I've, I've seen this one before. Hold on. <laughs> okay. I've seen these miracles before. So what's the, what, what, what are you getting at? So the connection that my mind instantly made, I am a firm believer that uh, um, so God is omnipotent, right? Mm -hmm. He knows all, even yep. your thoughts, all this stuff. Satan, on the other hand, is not. He, he does not know what's going on in your mind. Okay. Which means that your mind is safe from 
whatever you're thinking. He can influence you all all day, okay, all night, sure. but he doesn't know that influence has done anything until you take action. Now let's put something in your mind that can read your brainwaves and let a system know exactly what is going on in your mind. Mm. I don't like that. Well, I mean, just <laughs> just giving that information to large companies, and you know, like we're talking right. your brain waves. I mean, yeah, I like to think that my steps or whatever is one thing, but like my thoughts and stuff—that's quite another. Your thoughts will no longer be secure. That's terrifying. Well, that's not covered by the Constitution because <laughs> they didn't think. I'm pretty sure the founders thought if anything happens beyond papers, <laughs> it's a whole different world, but we should have stopped already at secure in your personal effects. That, that should be where it ends. Nope, you don't get free thought anymore, according to the WEF, but you'll be happy and you'll own nothing. Oh, gosh. So what you're saying is the Constitution covers free speech, but it didn't cover pure or free thoughts. Nope, it did not. <laughs> Loophole. And when they say you'll own nothing, apparently they literally mean you'll own nothing. Not even your own thoughts will be yours. Because wherever you work will own your thoughts and the government will have instant access to those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's well, great. So that's gives ben. you something to think about. You know what I hate uh -huh. about being right? Is hey. when I'm right six hey. months before other people hey, will so admit much. that I'm right. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's our world. Where's the optimism? <laughs> All that optimism. Sorry, fresh out. <laughs> the optimism is in some holy event to occur to make it all just stop. <laughs> I'm ready for the rapture. Bring it on. <laughs> How do you know you'll be sa I don't. I just I just want it to end. <laughs> I'll take the fire. Just do uh, I'll, <laughs> just I'll roll those dice. I'm fine. <laughs> I like those no, odds. I'll, I'll cram a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all. No more surprises. Well, that was a very depressing episode. <laughs> I had fun. I'm laughing. Well, gives you a lot to think about, but those of you that are going to turn off the episode and just ponder what we talked about. I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy life while you can, because according to what we covered, it's going to get so much worse. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> this hand basket has only begun to catch fire. <laughs> the road to hell. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like subscribe, do all those, uh, fun things and social medias and what have you's. And, uh, we've got, uh, we just talked before we started recording of doing a little structuring to how we do things on the episode should be,
fun, entertaining. It's a work in progress. Yeah. And uh, behind those scenes is something big is boiling down in the school system in Utah that uh, we're trying to dig into because we have someone that we know that's helped us to get responses. You thought it wasn't happening <laughs> in your backyard. It is happening it's, in your backyard. It absolutely is happening in your backyard, in your state, in your schools. Yeah, yeah. It uh, hopefully will have something fun to, pre- well, I say fun, enlightening to present with that. Fun with a capital F you. <laughs> and F is for fire burning the whole town. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's to come. That's to come. That's to come sometime next month, which yeah. is this month because that's when this will be re- posted, February. Except at least one of us is going to miss half next month. At least one. Oh, yeah. Our mic will be off half of next month, and I'll be gone on uh, the week of Valentine's Day because my wife won't let me miss that. Fine. <laughs> we see who wears the pants in your house. <laughs> Speaking of wearing pants, I should probably talk to my wife about that and see what she's see got what plans. Her plans oh, are. you don't know yet. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I, have, I have no idea what the plan is. So we don't know what the status of <laughs> the show will be on that week. And me, being the good husband that I am, my wife reminded me that Valentine's Day is coming up. <laughs> it's on recording day, and uh, since I have a lovely, wonderful wife, she told me. The weekend before already counts for Valentine's Day, so I don't care. Like, okay. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. Don't Buy her a cake or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's all we got. All right. <gasps> Bye. Bye. Red Light District is on. On like Donkey Kong. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the clap and he's giving it to you. After the Red Light District comment, that's just weird. More so than normal. Well, I am pumped up. You know, I have a... (laughs) That's terrible. We started a new D&D campaign. I'm playing a bard. Are you? Yes. <laughs> I got a troll to smack himself in the nuts because I used prestidigitation to make him think his loincloth was on fire by singing, I've got the clap and I've given it to you. <laughs> I'm still processing that first lap t- laugh. Did I say a dirty joke without realizing it, Trevor? That yes. makes it even better. Yes. 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 That was part of the hearty laugh. I, I hate it when I, I felt great. like... That was great. The delivery of it felt like you had no idea that you added to the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) He's completely unawares. The innuendo (laughs) swims deep. (laughs) I still have no idea what I did there, but okay. Yeah, you can go back and listen to it. It's funny. (laughs) I'm sure Trevor will splice it in somewhere appropriate. (laughs) Just out of nowhere. Out of of nowhere in the middle of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Completely out of place. (laughs) Just just this string of innuendos that ends with Keith's innuendo. (laughs)
and then and then some more actual podcasts, and then a little bit later, a spliced in. Did I make a dirty joke? And not- <laughs> the potential. <laughs> I only tell dirty jokes to my wife. It's the only context in which I feel it is appropriate. And everyone listening to this podcast. And everyone listening to this podcast. <laughs> Apparently. Whoops. Welcome to the club. You best start believing in innuendo jokes. You made one. <laughs> That's a good reference, Trevor. That's great. Oh, I guess we can start now. Yeah, it's probably a good time to do that.